In this episode, we will be featuring Vivian Geico. Vivian Geico is a perinatal mental health advocate and the founder of Empower Mama, who actually offer perinatal loss support. This goes out to the ladies who have lost um, their children, whether at birth or even miscarriages. This episode is all about encouraging you ladies as we actually listen to Vivian Geico's a story who has also featured in a film uh, by Lydia Matata and this film that has been directed by Lydia is actually called Utapata Mwingine. This is Swahili meaning that you'll get another one. It seeks to demystify the role that the environment and the people around you play as they tell you that after your child loss that you're going to get another one and yet it's not as easy as snapping a finger. Let's listen to Vivian Geico and hear what um, she can encourage us about dealing with loss. Hello, welcome to Thriving Supermama. I'm Rachel, your host and the co-founder of Thriving Supermama. We really want to tell you that we are so excited that you are here to join us. Thriving Supermama is a platform for the millennial mom who is just wanting a place to entertain themselves and even just educate themselves based on some real life stories, some expert analysis and also so much more fun articles even in our website Thriving Supermama all packed here in this podcast. Looking forward to being with you and enjoying such time together as we redefine millennial motherhood. Alright, let's jump into it. Hello Vivian. Hi Rachel. Hi, it's very good to hear from you. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm glad to connect with you today. <laughs> interesting discussion that is yes important and needed definitely definitely let's just jump straight in and you can introduce yourself and who you are and also what exactly you do wow i get that question a lot and introducing (laughs) oneself seems like you know quite a task but (laughs) i (laughs) i am vivian gaiko and i am a perinatal loss support person Mm-hmm. And that means I support parents who have gone through a loss uh, of their child, whether pregnancy loss or a loss of an infant. Mm-hmm. And all that began um, following my own personal journey. Mm-hmm. I am a mother of two children. My okay. firstborn, Amani, uh, was born in 2014 and sadly died 16 days later. And then I have another baby born three years later, mm. whom I am raising now. So those oh. journeys, my motherhood journey is what led me to what I do today. Oh, wow. So, so of course, my heart goes out to you based on your experience. And thank you so much for, you know, deciding to be with us today and just let us in about uh, such a deep topic and opening up your personal life. Exactly. Um, And so are you certified in this perinatal loss um, support or it's something that you you do out of your own experience wholly? Um, How do you go about it? Do you also have an organization around it? Yes, yes, I am a certified perinatal loss uh, counselor. So okay. I took a training to do the same. But of course, I didn't start like that. I wasn't um, trained before. Um, it, it started from a personal uh, need to just support others. Mm. I saw there was a gap uh, when it comes to parents who have gone through loss, getting that kind of support because of the um, stigma that surrounds pregnancy loss and loss of an, uh, of very young children. You know, mm-hmm. uh, people think that because it was a little baby, that loss is very little and people tend to almost like invalidate mm-hmm. and many parents end up suffering alone. Probably just to also like let you in in my own journey, I... Yeah. 
I didn't have the much there was support yes but probably not the kind that was um effective mm. because I, I felt alone I felt um nobody understood what it is that I was going through you know that mm. led me to a dark path suicidal attempts and all that yeah. and I bumped into this uh, Facebook page uh, called parents with angels in heaven and you know mothers there were you know, in the same distress that I was in, you know, mm. even others asking what is the effective way out of this. Yeah. And for me, that um, uh, showed me the gap that was there. So I just, dis- actually, I was just, you know, I just started by reaching out to one person and mm. she kept referring others and others and, how that, and that's how the organization grew. And mm. um, we named it Empower Mama uh, mm. Foundation. And that is how the organization started. So initially, I wasn't trained. We used to have um, a, a psychologist in place. But also yeah. that had its own issue because also grief is not um, a mental health issue. You yeah. Know? Yeah. yeah. Grief is a normal reaction to loss. So also the approach was kind of probably not effective. And mm-hmm. that is why I even took the training specifically on perinatal loss support. Mm, wow wow what a what a huge calling and a huge task you have in your hands um to also um empower mamas absorbing a lot of their um let me just call it heavy emotions you know yes yes celebrating something that is happy for people because that Mm. emotion is and uh, maybe you'd l- I'd love to hear, how did you exactly cope in the beginning? I'm sure you, you've also talked about that, of course, it took you on a dark path. But you can let us in more. For somebody who's uh, never really understood what goes on through a mom who's experienced any type of loss, uh, infant loss, maybe you can let us in. How exactly was your experience in the beginning? How, how did you cope around it uh, when it was the fresh experience and then also over the years how have you learned to um grow to live with that that experience well thank you thank you for that question and i love the way you even put it you know we just learn how to live with it um Um, it is something that you can never forget um mm. you know as a mother any mother can tell you whether they despite the outcome their um, pregnancy and birth journey is very, very um, unique and something that they can never forget. You will mm. find a mother telling you their story, even how that nurse wore yellow sandals or was yeah. biting their pen. You know, they remember all those it's details. Very memorable. Very, because it is very, it's a very significant transition for mm. any woman. And mm. so, yes, we learn to live with it. And there are truly no words that can even explain or describe, you know, when your world just falls apart. Mm. It is heavy. It is uh, painful. I mean, there are no enough even words that can describe that kind of pain. Mm-hmm. And the support that we have in our community that allows you to actually grieve and go through mm. that process because also with grief going through it is what heals yeah it's the, the most effective way so mm. um going back to what you asked how did i cope um initially my coping uh, mechanisms were uh, not effective or rather not healthy mm-hmm. and i actually even um, probably uh, went into what I know now was complicated grief because mm-hmm. when it now comes to suicidal attempts, you know, depression and all that, yeah. it's, it's, it's another, you know, kind of uh, ball game. Mm-hmm. And that's because I didn't have, um, or rather I didn't approach it uh, well. That is first to acknowledge the loss. So I just kept mm-hmm. quiet and I never talked about it. I was just suffering alone and in silence. Maybe mm-hmm. the nights when you can't even sleep, you know, sleeping during the day, forgetting things. There were so many things going on 
And at that mm-hmm. time, I remember I wasn't even in school. I was not working. So there was all these things uh, going on as well. So that also contributed to that. But mm-hmm. I, I started, uh, I went back to school. I started, uh, I took up salsa. So dancing really, really helped me a lot. Mm-hmm. Even, yeah. um, uh, did another course. So I, mm-hmm. I think at a personal level, that kind of helped me. But what I can say really helped a lot is when I started reaching out to others. That is what, when I was even able to process my own grief. Because when, mm-hmm. uh, when you share your story, when you share your journey, you're almost like um, letting it out. So that yeah. was an opportunity for me to also go through my own grief. I am supporting another person by sharing with them my story, but mm-hmm. I'm also healing myself. So that really, really, I can say is a big, big chunk of how that helped me uh, heal. And, mm-hmm. or rather even, um, you know, like move forward yeah and i also joined a support group uh last year mm-hmm. for myself uh and this time i was i i put on hold supporting others so that i could just focus on um navigating through my own journey and just getting to understand where i am at in this grief journey so that mm-hmm. also really helped me a lot yeah yes so those are the coping mechanisms i i employed and how long did it take you to actually have the confidence to open up to somebody? Were you talking to your family members? And if so, how were they taking it? Um, your partner, was was he supportive? Or um, especially in the beginning, how was the coping mechanism affected by your surrounding and your immediate support system? Wow, thank you for that question. Um, it's it's very very important, especially in this, in those initial stages, how somebody um is supported, and uh, for me initially, uh, all was okay. People were there, and they even helped um with the burial, but that mm-hmm. really affected how I also cope because people almost like try to help you forget. Yeah, mm-hmm. they, they tell you, oh, keep away those clothes, uh, or give away those diapers, you know, do, just do something. People almost like try to erase the existence of that baby. And like we said earlier, uh, a birth experience is something a mother can never forget. So yeah. even if you know, those clothes are taken away or for, for others, you know, others are even told to burn them. Yeah. Trying to erase that existence um, almost like um, starts you off badly, mm. you know, in the grief journey and the yeah. things. And that's where even, you know, people just, you know, keep quiet about it. So I was one of those. I was, I was told you're too young, you'll get others. Uh, at least, you know, you can conceive. And, and that almost like made me feel... Um, as if I'm being too much by talking about it, by expressing how it is that I'm feeling. So I never talked to anyone about it mm-hmm. until 2016. That's when I started talking about it and actually blogged, wrote a very raw blog post on it. And that yeah. was the first outlet on how I was actually feeling. So I kept mm-hmm. quiet for two years and that is what I think um, complicated my grief. Yeah, yeah, two years is really a long time. Um, I mean, uh, especially being dealing with those emotions on, let me just call it your own, really. Um, and mm-hmm. especially, I get the point when you say uh, people around you almost invalidating your your feelings and help ma- thinking that grief is a process that somebody snaps out of very fast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but I think from how you speak it, it's more like it's such a great process that you even have to go through it um, as the years go by. And mm-hmm. when I asked about maybe coping over the years, um, I'd love to know, do you do any memorial for your uh, baby Amani? Um, how have you inducted your second baby into the life of the previous one, do, do they know they ever existed? Um, maybe you can let us in on that as well. Well, yes, I'd love to. Um, I actually uh, uh, do the work that I do is in honor of my baby Amani, mm-hmm. and yeah. 
I have been going to uh, children's homes. Those that take in children uh, between uh, zero to four, zero to mm-hmm. four years, and getting those is a bit hard because yeah. most of them have from four ab- ab- above four years old. Uh, but mm-hmm. my heart was really drawn to children's homes that that take in children um below four, and I would you know be, uh, take uh, a few stuff, you know, clothing, uh, cans of mm-hmm. uh, powdered milk. Yeah, and that is how I honor Amani. Is on on every April, mm-hmm. I just endeavor to do something for someone in honor of my child. Yeah, for um for a children's home like that one. Um, uh, mm-hmm. my son is three years old. Um, so yeah. he's quite too young to uh be able to understand, but he mm-hmm. knows quite a few things. I've I've shown him pictures of Amani. Mm-hmm. And so when he sees, he will say, "Oh, Amani, Anasanana na Ivan." You know, like, mm-hmm. he like he look, she looks like him. Yeah, yeah. she's grasp, he's grasping here and there, and that mm-hmm. is something I will definitely uh, tell him that he had a sibling. Yeah, that journey will just go slow uh, as he understands with his age. Mm, yeah wow that's that's really a bold step because um i think moms always go through this fear of when you get another baby um do i tell this other baby that there was another one who was ahead of them mm-hmm. and how do i navigate it is it and also getting to know how young is too young to tell yeah you know yeah yeah i think many moms go through it and before we go to the empower mama and the beautiful work that you're able to do um there's what i'd love to hear from you one was it very did you fear um going through the whole process again with uh, your son like conceiving again um you know especially psychologically um did you go through that fear something could go wrong or were you in a space where you were more confident how how did you because i think when a mom goes goes through loss in the beginning mm-hmm. it may definitely affect their viewpoint of their future babies um how did you go around that wow thank you for that question uh, I I won't lie I definitely had a lot of fear and anxiety mm. and that pregnancy was very smooth uh, physically apparently it was very very smooth but yeah. every time I would have a cramp I would think oh god my baby is coming out you know mm. every time I go to the loo I'm you know trying to wipe uh, I'm trying to check for blood on on the um toilet paper you know it, it was, i was very very anxious and that, there was that fear and i remember even when uh, uh my son ivan was born mm. that day when he was turning 16 days old i couldn't even sleep i couldn't mm. and we were far apart with the, with the dad so mm-hmm. he actually kept calling is there baby okay mm. yeah so uh it's it's a very very anxious moment and that also almost like um made me suffer anxiety even um postpartum anxiety with my son yeah. and that led me also to join um perinatal mental health advocacy because i didn't know what i was going through and mm-hmm. i didn't even allow anybody to hold that baby i could mm-hmm. count I could count the number of people who held him by the time he was turning six months. On my one hand, I never, <laughs> I never allowed anybody. I every time I would um, lay him down to sleep. You know yeah. when they, they tell you mothers should sleep when the baby is sleeping. Exactly. Yeah. For a mother yeah. who who you know who has navigated pregnancy after loss, it is not as easy because mm. every time. you're checking on the tummy you're even putting your fingers on the nose to see if you're breathing you can't mm-hmm. even get enough sleep so for even for for the six months i never got out like mm-hmm. out like go out and you know maybe have a walk or something i will just go out for the clinic and then back home you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's a very um hard six months not getting enough sleep you feeling very anxious you don't even know whether you should be grateful or not sometimes you feel guilty 
Mm-hmm. Um, probably this will make you forget the other baby. You know, so at that time, I didn't even understand all these things. But And later, I, I came to understand that a mother's heart has space for all her children. Yeah. Yeah, so for me, yeah. there's space for a man, there's space for even. And when I knew that, I was very, very comfortable. I also am grateful for my support system. My sister was there. And I remember for even six, six months, <laughs> birthday. That is when I got out and they took me to Karura. We walked. I mean, that was so refreshing. And I was like, Guy, okay, those four walls had really, <laughs> had really turned me to something else. So, yeah, mm-hmm. and this is something that I have never told anyone. You know, even going to the, to the washroom, the baby is sleeping. They're thinking, oh my God, they're going to fall. And you're going with the baby to the, to the uh, bathroom. Yeah. And, in another moment, you're thinking, "Oh my God, they might fall in the in the toilet." Wow! Oh, oh my goodness! Even when you're going to the kitchen, you're thinking, "Oh my God, these knives might just turn." And you know, the anxiety is mm. real. I didn't know I was going through something, but yeah. when I knew, is when I started. Um, I write a lot, so I started just channeling my thoughts and just letting it all out, mm. and now in the perinatal mental health advocacy yeah to shine a light on these issues because they are there they are real and for any a mother who is going through who is navigating pregnancy after loss that is a mm. high risk mother and even at the hospital level they should be treated um uh with care yeah you know? because when that mother tells you they are feeling something either they are feeling that you don't just dismiss them Mm-hmm. For, they tell a healthcare worker that they are feeling a cramp in somewhere or they're feeling, you know, yeah. I mean, their, their, their feelings are very, very valid. They, they shouldn't just be dismissed like that because that mm-hmm. also contributes to their mental well being, which is yeah. very, very important even for their own physical health. Mm, yeah, well, yeah, definitely. I, I do, I, I don't, I can't really relate with the element of anxiety that you were feeling but how you describe it or going to the ex- to the extent of you know you're constantly feeling like you know your body is on fire or there's something mm-hmm. wrong may happen to your baby and yeah. you know you, you almost it almost replays to you what happened previously and you're mm-hmm. trying to the best of your control to not ensure that what happened prior happens again yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, and congratulations. Human nature to to just try and be in control of everything. But mm. sometimes, you know, just accepting that we might not be able to control everything is is not as easy. Mm, yeah. yeah, and that is where support systems come in. Mm, yeah. yeah, and uh, you actually featured in a documentary film, uh, Utapata Mwingine. Uh, directed by Lydia Matata, who's very talented. Uh, let us in more in that. That is actually a bold move to actually um, allow your life uh, around grief to be documented. How was that experience for you? Did, do you think it actually put you in a better healing stage? Um, or were there days that you really broke down and you said, you know what, I don't want to do this and put my life out there? Yeah. Wow. Um, Lydia is a very, very amazing person and I really enjoyed um, working with her, specifically on that, on this project, Pata Mungine film. And for me, I have really believed in the power of storytelling because I know stories are very, uh, can change, you know, things, negative situations can be turned into positive. So yeah. most, um, telling that my story through that documentary was empowering mm. and it helped me navigate, you know, go through my own journey and just see where I have come from. Yeah. It was, of course, not very easy to relieve some of the things, you know, like going back to Langata Cemetery. Um, mm. But I knew um, the impact that that will have ahead you know, another, another hearing this story, it will give them permission to share mm-hmm. their own story, to acknowledge their own babies. You know, for those who are told um, they will get others, 
even uh, from the name of the film utapata mwingine it is actually yeah. not even to to shame people because i know even for some of us grieving parents probably we told somebody else that because the first instinct a person has is to try and eliminate um somebody's pain in you know eliminating quotes and then that is why we end up saying all these things but this film mm. is not to shame anybody it is to educate us mm. and help us find the words to be more sensitive and more compassionate to other people Mm, yeah it was such a well played out uh, film really and anybody who's not watched it of course I'd let you I'd uh, encourage you to check it out in the link section I'll let you know more how to you know get the film and see more about uh, you know Vivian's accurate story of what happened and actually you know just celebrating her for actually relieving such a a uh, stigmatized topic you know and and mostly more so in an african setup especially yeah which uh, leads us to tell us more about empower mama what exactly is its full role uh, to women today i know you talked about um you know what it does but do, do you offer like um the psychological support do you have programs what are some of the programs that you have running in how do how if a lady has gone through loss how can they connect with you you can let us see more on that okay so empower mama uh, offers platforms where parents can find um emotional and social support yeah and a safe space to share their feelings openly um their feelings and thoughts to feel accepted as parents and to also be able to honor the life of their child because that child existed yeah and that needs to be acknowledged so mm-hmm. we offer uh one on one uh support and also group support currently mm-hmm. due to covid-19 we are doing online support groups and mm-hmm. we have actually partnered with mama toto child birth and educative services they actually based in kisumu but the power of internet and connection has helped us to yeah be able to reach to parents in in various areas of this country so we mm-hmm. offer a virtual support group monthly every month for four, mm-hmm. four weeks uh, weekly for four weeks mm-hmm. and we just concluded our september group and our october the registration for our october group is coming up so we normally roll out a registration form uh, and and people who sign up are the ones who are able to go through the grief support group and we also have um awareness workshops in our communities where yeah. we just uh, share on uh this issue and the impact that child loss can have on families on and on communities and the need for effective and compassionate uh, bereavement support so mm-hmm. this uh, it really helps in in shattering the stigma and it yeah. helps of for these parents to have uh, a safe space to navigate their grief journey you know yeah. there are places like uh, workplaces uh, religious communities um in churches you know their mm-hmm. their home setups and their community in general if people are aware and know uh, how mm-hmm. to support them effectively it becomes yeah. easier for them to navigate the grief journey without feeling charged without uh feeling like they're grieving for too long without yeah. feeling like their babies have been forgotten because that is the f- biggest fear of any mother for their yeah. child to be forgotten and that is why you will find um then uh really any grieving parent will keep talking about their child that people don't see more than the others that people see it is just because they are really trying to protect that memory and every october every year this is the fifth time we will be having the annual candlelighting ceremony on october 15th and mm-hmm. this time we will have last year we had a virtual event and this year we will still have a virtual event where we'll all gather at 7 pm and light our, our candles of honor uh for an hour mm-hmm. uh, and this is a day that is recognized internationally october 15th is international uh, pregnancy and infant loss awareness day and this yeah. is a day that helps to shine a light on this uh important issue to just uh highlight 
the impact that childrens can have on families to greater mm-hmm. wow. awareness on the need for effective support mm-hmm. to help the community because that connection is what parents look for and yeah. people are really, um, uh, grateful to connect with others you know that especially even in our support groups people connect uh from an issue that i mean nobody really ever wanted to go through but then what uh, comes out in, after those four weeks is a beautiful community where people mm-hmm. still connect with each other and it is also yeah. uh, october 15th is also a day to remember and honor all these babies that have gone too soon and we mm-hmm. do an uh, a wall of remembrance remembrance and we write all these babies names mm-hmm. right knowledge that they actually existed. Mm-hmm. I know communities, when a baby is born, people are happy, they celebrate. But when that baby dies, people keep quiet. So we want yeah. to break that silence. And we're breaking that silence by sharing our baby's names, mm-hmm. sharing all these other things that come, all these other issues that come up with child loss. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's really a bold move. And even just... Mm-hmm that connection and even helping um ladies have a great support uh for you know getting to know each other uh of course there's a connection that people do experience even when they're going through a season of pain and it definitely helps them to navigate through their own pain i guess that's why when probably somebody gets hurt you can tell them oh even me i also got hurt like this and you almost feel like you've somewhat Mm -hmm. uh shared you know, in their pain, or not only shared, but related to necessarily what they're going through. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd love to know, uh, from a perspective of maybe a mom who's gone through loss and is considering to join your program, mm-hmm. why should they value connecting with others? Because, um, especially in an African setup, most yes. moms, one, we are cultured not to grieve, Mm-hmm. Uh, so we are cultured to you know snap out of it very first uh, mm-hmm. but why should somebody really consider uh, going through the experience of you know connecting with other people or having a therapy session what 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 do you think is the value attached to it as, as a perinatal loss uh, person yeah i know as a Perinatal loss counselor, you would expect me to say that uh, therapy or group support uh, are the most effective for anyone. But what I can say is for any grieving uh, parent out there, find support, um, whatever that means for you. Because some people really thrive well or or rather are able to navigate through their own journey in a group where they are able to draw hope from others. Because in a group, you will find somebody who is, you know, far ahead, you know, like six years. But for me, it's six years on. Another one you will find is maybe 10 years. Another Mm -hmm. one, maybe you know, it just happened a month ago. Everybody is on a different um, journey. But it helps you draw hope. And hope helps in recovery. Uh, Mm -hmm. And... Like I said, uh, for any grieving parent, find help, uh, find support, whatever that means for you. For another person, it could be just, you know, getting that one person who they will be safe to speak to, which is very, very okay. So not everybody um, needs a group. For some people, they just they'll just attend a, just a single session and they'll be mm-hmm. very okay. Others mm-hmm. will have to go through continuous support through the year or you know probably the four weeks and even mm-hmm. beyond. And others yeah. don't need a group session, especially if they have a very very supportive um close knit uh, family where they are able to share their journey mm-hmm. without uh, feeling judged. So some people just need that. So what I can say is find support, whatever that means for you. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the main point here is just the support that somebody can cling to and yes. not necessarily um, maybe may hard when you're doing it on your own mm-hmm. and feeling that you're alone, yeah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So actually what groups also do is just help reduce that sense of isolation. Because it can bring you to a point you are feeling like, why am I the only one going through this? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, 
so should being, I shut down my feelings uh-huh uh-huh exactly and you start uh, questioning uh, yourself and so groups help to really reduce that sense of isolation yeah and also give you that safe space for you to express um uh, your feelings and thoughts openly and and just talk about your baby without anybody uh, shutting you down mm. yes Wow, that's really amazing. And before we come to a close of this, I'd love uh, to just ask a pop-up question, uh, which mm-hmm. is something that many women don't necessarily talk about, but it's actually something that as a as a woman who's you've gone through grief, you actually do experience every time. Um, once you lose your baby, uh, whether it was a miscarriage or the baby was just tender, your body had changed for a long time, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, you are home and either if you went through a, whether you went through a vaginal birth or even uh, a cesarean section, you most likely your, you know, your body is still, maybe you're nursing, you were nursing before or, you know, all that, the changes that a pregnant woman, the body has gone through. How does a woman navigate, um, you know, the body without their baby uh, and especially highlighting the issue of loving yourself again. You know, when you look at yourself in the mirror, um, mm. most ladies who've gone through loss often talk about a, a level of guilt. You mm. know, you're looking at yourself in the mirror and you're seeing you're probably your, your, your breasts are still producing milk or mm-hmm. you know, your stomach is still flabby. And there's, let me just say, you don't see somebody there to... Um, help you through that process mm-hmm. you know? um, so how, how would you say from your experience somebody is able to navigate such a you know such a self-love issue you know yeah. um, I mean what you're saying is very very real uh, personally I, I went through I went under the knife I had a c-section mm-hmm. and every time you see that scar you know like you're nursing a wound with no baby to show for it yeah. Um, for some mothers, they still leak milk, you mm-hmm. know, like okay, all this milk is just going to waste with no baby to feed. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really really overwhelming, and and that even adds more to the grief. It's mm-hmm. heavy, it's heavy, that really 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 contributes, and navigating towards. Um, loving your body again and yourself again. Somebody has to be really, really self-aware. And mm. I'm glad that even, um, the human milk bank in Kenya, does it work? Because that is also a beautiful way for a mother to, you know, in honor of their child, donate their milk that can help other babies. You know, those babies who are putting the NICU and probably cannot digest formula milk very well. Uh, mm. Breast milk is a better alternative, and for mothers who are able to donate, they can be able to donate that milk, and that is can be able to help them move forward um, easily in that good journey. I don't know of any who has done that, but that mm. is a suggestion of some of something that can be done. But mm. I can say it is a journey. It is mm. a journey. Yeah, yeah, definitely is. Definitely is, and. I think what I'd love any listener to know is that grief is not somebody, or not somebody, something that some somebody actually snaps out of. Because mm-hmm. one, uh, we acknowledge you've gone through a loss. That's one. And then also that issue of looking at your body and the body changes. And you, you know, it's, it's just, as you said, it's actually just overwhelming. You know, there, there's just really so much going on, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and, and I really want to celebrate you for um, go, going through the process and even getting to a level where you can empower other mamas around it, around something that you actually experienced and are relating to very well. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Rachel. Probably mm-hmm. I also would like to point out um, you, there are also those secondary losses that come you know, loss mm-hmm. of your identity. Probably mm-hmm. people used to refer to you as Mama Flani. And now because uh, your baby is normal, they don't call you that anymore. There's that um, yeah. sense of loss of identity. There's loss of 
who you would have wanted to be. There's loss, you know, of all these things, relationships. You find that um, your relationships are affected. Mm. Yeah, so you, you will find that people get other friends, others uh, lose some friendship, probably because they don't know how, how to support you or what to say. And yeah. all this... Uh, Adds also onto the main grief, and it is okay. It is okay to grieve all those losses, to grieve what it is that you expected, because anyone who just sees those two lines on that pregnancy test kit, you know, that baby is wanted. They start preparing yeah. their hearts and their homes for that baby, and mm-hmm. when that is not the case, um, it it is shattering. And it is okay to grieve all that. Mm. Wanted. The, yeah. the that you wanted. So I want anybody listening in to, today to know that it is okay to grieve all that. And there's no timeline when it comes to grieving. Mm. Be gentle with yourself if you're a grieving parent out there. Uh, and your way is the right way. There's no formula to this thing. There's no right or wrong way. Your way is the right way. Don't uh, pressure yourself. Don't allow anyone to put timelines on your grief. Just do mm-hmm. it. Wow, wow. What a really powerful way to you know, let us in on. Your way is the best way. There's mm-hmm. no formula. There's no, you know, one plus one equals two. It's just, it's just a, a whole personal experience with, mm-hmm. you know, based on somebody's personality and it's okay not to be okay, right? Yes, right. Mm, yeah, and when you talk about like friends um, not being there all around you, um, I remember, of course, there's a there's a lady who we used to go to um, the antenatal classes with, and mm-hmm. you know she she experienced loss, and um, well, I I, I wasn't very close to her, but. I know for the ladies who were, it became mm-hmm. very challenging for them to relate because they felt that, um, you know, this is from now an outsider's perspective. Mm-hmm. When an outsider is looking at a lady who has grieved or who's going through grief, they almost felt like the more you, um, you're coming, I'm coming to visit you, maybe with my baby, or it's more like I'm making the grieving parent feel bad, you know, mm-hmm. because they're saying. Their baby would have been like this. Uh, mm-hmm. You understand? Yeah. Um, maybe uh, if they they're going to visit you with their six month old and you lost your baby, they almost it's more like you're let me call it quote unquote rubbing it on their faces. Mm-hmm. Um, which I don't know what what would you be what be what would be your comment on that? You know, as a lady now who went through the grief, when you are observing some of the friends who um, had children. You had children around the same time. You know, how how did you go through that? You know, I know it's really heavy. Um, there's there's. Let me know how 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 what just put a, put a name to it, if there is any. Wow, wow. I actually don't even think there's a name to it. But personally, I had a friend who was uh, a few weeks. Um, our due dates were a few weeks apart. Like a, mm. a week apart, yeah. And for me, I wish she had reached out. Of course, she kept away, and I believe it's because of that reason of probably feeling like they will rub it in. But mm. what, what really happens, or rather, what goes through a grieving mom's mind? Remember, they are very, very sensitive. Yeah. Uh, and when you don't show up, and um, they translate it in another way. Mm. why are you not showing up why why don't you want me to see your baby do you think like this is contagious you see like they're very mm-hmm. and they translate um what you're saying in a different uh, or rather what you're doing in a different way so for me what i would say is really communication is key especially if you guys are very very close i know even some people uh, don't um, disclose their pregnancies to their friends who have lost a child and then they come up uh, uh, and find out later from other people which now tends to be you know even more hurtful 
communication mm. is key and i think uh probably just even sending a text and they can decide you know what to say after they process all that because i know it can be very steaming to see especially if you if you've just lost your child and then uh, when you're walking all you are seeing is pregnant women and children yeah. i don't know why that yeah. happens but can be very very steaming but that does not mean that you're uh in, that you're jealous or something of the sort it means that you're sad for yourself like okay my baby didn't just carry this baby to town or you're very very sad for yourself but mm. happy for other people so those two emotions it's very possible that they can coexist so mm. what i would advocate for is communication just send that uh, friend of yours a text if you are um, almost due together ask her can i visit and i'll be coming with my baby is that okay with you and let them decide if that is okay or not mm-hmm. as opposed to just keeping quiet and not showing up because it's that presence that giving parents need that shoulder to lean on it doesn't matter whether you're coming with your baby or not yeah and for some actually are very uh, drawn to babies and that is why asking is very important there are some who will not want to even hold a baby which is okay because people uh, navigate grief differently so um, communication is key just ask ask them should i visit you and uh, come with my baby and then they will tell you yes or no you know or you can come but don't come with a baby or yeah yes you can come with a baby so that will set the case for for that support and also when we are supporting grieving parents we necessarily do not have to say anything mm-hmm. i know um as africans we talk we talk we talk about things and we are very very uncomfortable with silence and that's when you find people now they start talking about the weather about the house the political situation <laughs> and you have gone there to support your parents sometimes it's just silence that is the best support you don't have to say anything just be there just listen that is really really great support yeah wow wow that's that's really powerful and i loved to i'd love to retaliate what you said you know mm-hmm. from a grieving mom's perspective uh, you know to somebody who's who you think who they think they could be rubbing on you by coming with their kid over it's really all about the communication and you may think that you know it's this it's not contagious just because i'm grieving doesn't mean that somebody else has to grieve you know or i'll infect you with your baby going you know yeah yeah so that that's really a great clarity you've offered right there and um tell us uh, something as we come to a close oh, i would like to thank you so much for um hosting me um, on thriving super mama's podcast today and thank you so much for even um having this important important discussion because many families are navigating um, grieving the loss of their babies and it is important that people know and acknowledge that their losses as as real as opposed we, we even say it's it's a little um life that was lost and it is not a little loss so anybody who is listening today just know that uh, even these lives these little lives they mattered and they left a big big impact in their parents lives and yeah. in the lives of people around them and so they matter very very much and even probably for any healthcare worker who would be listening out there it is important that the care uh, bereaved parents receive probably it's a mother who just had a stillbirth or their baby just died a few hours after birth or it was you know and miscarriage and somebody had to go in for a dnc or a dne um to have that baby um removed mm-hmm. it is important that they receive great care from the hospital setup yeah Don't told uh, about that missing heartbeat when that ultrasound mm-hmm. is being done how are those words being said because also that sets the pace for how this mother will kick start their grief journey so yeah. good care at the hospital level cannot remove the parents pain and grief 
but it can help them through the, this devastating time. And in mm. contrast, poor care, you know, significantly adds to their distress. So it is very, very important to have good quality bereavement support from the hospital setups to the homes, to the workplaces, and even our churches. Mm. Um, short would be to anyone who's grieving out there, probably I have said this earlier, is that it is okay to grieve your own way, don't set a timeline for yourself, and your way is the right way. Find support, whatever that means for you. Mm, wow. Thank you so much, Vivian. I'd love to just close by saying your way is the right way. It doesn't matter how long it takes. Um, actually, it, it's going to take, it's a whole lifetime. You know, the way people are mothers for a lifetime, Mm-hmm. It's a whole lifetime. I, there's no really stop, start, and you know pause button. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Uh, so thank you so much for really opening up your story and even um featuring in our podcast. It's a great honor, and we look forward to this October. Uh, you know, su- supporting other ladies uh, and even the candle lighting that you'll be doing. I think it may be virtual. Yeah, is it gonna be physical or virtual? Be virtual. Uh, the yeah. physical event, we are limiting it to the uh, persons who have attended our support groups mm. only because of uh, the restrictions uh, to help manage COVID-19. So mm. we'll just continue with a small group so that we are able also to uh, observe the social distancing and all that. But we mm-hmm. have a virtual event that will be open to everyone else. All right. Yeah, that's that's really amazing. Thank you so much for, you know, pouring your heart to us and pouring your life to us as well. And uh, we wish you well and your family. And of course, may baby Amani rest in eternal peace. Thank you so much, my dear, and have a lovely time ahead. Thank you. Thank you so much, Rachel. I'm glad to connect today and share my story. All right. Great. Thank you for listening to the Thriving Supermama podcast. Also remember to check out thrivingsupermama.com and also join our Facebook group, Thriving Supermama Community. Check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Thriving Supermama and let's catch you later.